All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Long Lens Podcast. This is the podcast that I answer questions from my YouTube community and just talk about filmmaking and YouTube. I think this is our sixth episode, which is pretty crazy. And I want to thank everyone who has listened to this podcast. It's been super fun to do. And yeah, we're just going to kick things off with some questions. And I got a pretty good amount of questions for the month of March. So I'm going to obviously start with the Patreon questions. And coming in with the questions again is Tony Selium. Thank you so much, Tony, for always asking questions on Patreon. So Tony's first question is, I think it's fair to say that there's a Nigel Bajos look. It's consistent and spans locations, gear, lighting, sources, etc. How do you achieve your consistent look? Does it all come down to your LUTs or is there contributing or is there other contributing factors? Well, thank you. I'm really glad that you think that I have a specific look. Um, that was one thing that I really was trying to do over the past couple of years is create a look to my videos that when you you know, click on a video, you'll kind of know that it's one of my videos, even if you don't see me. And I think that it mostly has to do with uh, the lighting that I have and the way that I color my videos, but also just the way that I pace them and the music that I use. So yeah, I think it's all of those factors kind of, you know, meshed into one. Tony asks again, on a related note, I imagine this has come up before. What tools do you use for your color work and editing? Yeah, uh, so for color and editing, I use Adobe Premiere Pro. And I know a lot of people have been hating on that recently but honestly like it works like it works totally fine i haven't really had any crashes in the last couple of years so adobe keeps on like making their products better and better you know there's still some bugs and stuff i'm sure with the new m1 systems but i use an intel based mac still and it works perfectly fine on that so yeah i use adobe premiere and i have been getting into davinci resolve a little bit as well but i mostly just use that to color my log footage like any log footage that i have like vlog or om log 400 i'll color that in davinci resolve and then create a lut for that so that i can just slap that on to my footage in premiere and it just makes my whole process a little bit easier by the way i'm actually recording this episode in the columbia river gorge in my van again and i forgot to bring my zoom h1 so i'm actually recording straight into one of my comica boom xd transmitter kits because you can record straight into them which is pretty sweet so uh this is kind of a crusty diy podcast today but i think it's gonna work so the next question from tony is is all your work done with your mft cameras no cell phone coverage i think i recall in the past you had a b-roll camera that was the gx85 are there challenges to getting consistency across cameras and equipment yeah i use my my phone every once in a while if I just need a really quick b-roll shot and of course I have someone parking right next to me in this enormous parking lot good grief just leave or you can make a lot of noise right next to me oh my gosh I don't understand why people will come and park right next to another car there's a better view yeah there's a better view go somewhere else there you go go somewhere else okay sorry so if I was going to get another camera I would want another Olympus camera that could shoot in at least flat which honestly another EM1 Mark II would probably be a pretty good idea for me 
because they've been coming down in price even more since I bought mine. I've seen them for as low as like $4.95 used on eBay. So if I do get a B-roll camera, it'll probably just be another EM1 Mark II because then all of my footage will have a consistent look. Back when I was using Panasonic cameras, I did use a GX85, but that was still a Micro Four Thirds camera and you could hack it to shoot in Cine D, which I did, and that made it mesh really well with my G85, which was what I was using as my main camera. Okay, another question from Tony. I recall some eBay references. Are there other sources of aftermarket, of aftermarket equipment you trust? Yes, there is. I'm not sponsored by either of these websites, but KEH and MPB, those are great websites to pick up used gear. I've bought many cameras from both of those websites. Will there be a behind the scenes of the making of the skateboard film that you posted? Yes, there will. In fact, I just posted that today. This is Monday the 14th. So if you go to my YouTube channel, you'll see the behind the scenes of how I shot that epoxy skateboard video. So that is all the questions from Patreon. And now let's head right over to YouTube community. Okay, what lens do you recommend a beginner to start out with with an EM1 Mark II? Well, honestly, I've talked about this a lot, but the Olympus 12 to 40, I think, is a perfect starter lens. It gives you a 24 to 80 millimeter equivalent field of view. So, and it's at f2.8, and it's like weather sealed like crazy. So, you can take it out in like a blizzard or a rainstorm and you'll be fine. And it's really sharp. So, yeah, that's. Basically, the perfect lens to start out with is the Olympus 12 to 40, and got like a new version that just came out, which I don't really see any benefit to getting the like the Mark II, but the Mark I can be had for as little as like 450 bucks. So I think that's a great deal. Okay, why Lumix are not used like other cameras while it's still damn good? I think the biggest reason why a lot of other YouTubers don't use Panasonic cameras, and by the way, there are a lot of YouTubers that still do use Panasonics. Uh, Caleb Pike is one of them. I think he still uses an S1 for his main talking head stuff. But I think the main reason why a lot more people don't use Panasonic cameras is just because they are really stubborn and refuse to make their autofocus system better. And that's why people are still sticking with Sony and Canon and Fujifilm and like me, Olympus, because internet content creation becomes more and more of a thing. Like autofocus is very important. And I think that if you're gonna be behind the camera 100% of the time, Panasonic cameras are great. But if you're ever like getting in front of the camera and needing to film yourself and you don't have another camera operator there, autofocus is really crucial. Too much noise in low light interview type situations. What do I do about it? Get better lights. That's the really only thing that I can say that will make your shot look better and give you less noise. If you want an easier answer, I would say pay a hundred bucks and buy the neat video plugin and that'll get rid of a lot of the noise. It will soften your video, but uh, I would just say, this is what I say, I unlike a lot of my advice when it comes to like shooting in low light with Micro Four Thirds cameras or really any camera, but just get good lights and learn how to light your stuff. And that's gonna make it far better than trying to figure out a solution where you're not using lights. What do you think about the Blackmagic Pocket Original? I would think that that camera would still be a good fit for you. Funny enough, I used to own that camera and I loved it. Uh, the only problem is that camera does take a lot of rigging and it's really not a good YouTube camera. Since I'm a YouTuber, I kind of need something that can do both YouTube style stuff and more cinematic stuff. So that's why I no longer use it. It also suffers from a lot of IR pollution. So when you put NDs in front of it, all your blacks turn brown. And uh, yeah, battery life sucks. And 
It's just, yeah, you have to rig it up a bunch and it becomes not a pocket camera very quickly. Wanting to finally upgrade from the Panasonic Lumix G7. Thinking of the GH5, oldie but goodie, G9, good stills and video, or the S5, I really like full frame. Which one would you go for? FYI, I'm not heavily invested in Micro Four Thirds glass and would like to keep it under 1800 bucks. For 1800 bucks, you could probably get the S5 with the kit lens, the 20 to 60, I think. I'm pretty sure that that combo, like the S5 with the kit lens, is around that price. But I've even seen the S5 go as low as like 13 or 1400 bucks on eBay. So you could get the S5 and then just invest in a bunch of like vintage lenses. You won't have to worry about any speed boosters anymore. It'll all be full frame. And yeah, the S5, as far as image quality goes, I think is one of the best performing cameras image quality wise on the market right now for the price. So if you're not heavily invested in Micro Four Thirds and you don't care about the smaller sizes of the bodies and the lenses, definitely go for the S5. That would be what I would go for anyways. Really enjoying the podcast and can't wait for the next video on your shoot slash color grade breakdown. Something I've been really struggling with is scale. I tend to overfill the frame with subject is this because I'm trying to use the back of my LCD screen as a reference? Does using a field monitor help? Yes, I would say that if you're just using the LCD monitor, um, you could be filling the frame too much. And that might just be because you want to be closer to the camera and kind of see yourself. If you got an external monitor, that would help. If you also just turn off all the info data on your LCD, That'll kind of help you see how your framing is because sometimes the LCD can be cluttered with a lot of the different info displays. So I would say if you're not going to use an external monitor, turn all the info off, but getting an external monitor will give you a much bigger and clearer like vision of what your shot is actually going to look like. And that's something that I'm definitely guilty of too because I can sometimes get too close to my camera on too tight of a lens and it just doesn't look as good. When are you trying out the Lumix G9? You know, I've been thinking about just buying that camera, but at the same time, I think I might just rent it because that just seems a little bit more cost effective. So I think soon, I think I'm going to get the G9 and just try it out and see if the autofocus upgrades are good enough for me to be able to live with it because the G9 does have uh, 10 bit, which is really cool. Right now I'm in the middle of a move, so I'm not gonna do anything until I get settled in my new place when I'm down in Texas. I just got the B4 ENG lenses for filming skateboarding. Have you thought about trying them? They were great on Micro Four Thirds. Honestly, I have not, but ENG lenses would be pretty sick, especially for zooms. I might have to look more into that. No questions today. Just wanted to say that your content is and has been inspiring. Trying to get comfortable doing it myself now. Just want to say thank you. Well, that's awesome to hear. Thank you. How do you come up with your ideas to film? Sometimes it just comes to me when I'm skating or running or... I'll be thinking of something that I think needs to be addressed in the budget filmmaking space and I'll make a video on that. Or if a company sends me a new piece of gear, I'll make a video on that. And that just kind of gives me the starting point for what I should make a video on. What's your take on the fixed position live streaming setup in a tight space like a car? Oh man, you are asking probably the wrong person. You know, I'll just say, make sure you have like a good, you know, compact light so that you're lit well, and really that's all I can say on the matter. Uh, if you follow my channel at all, you'll know that I never really, I mean, I never live stream. So 
I have very little knowledge when it comes to that. I have a large glass patio door right next to my desk. When I'm on video conferences for work, the light coming through the window always blacks me out in the shadow. My wife and I and our dog are often at odds over the blinds. Any lighting tips? Moving my desk to a different area of our abode is not really an option since we are limited on space. Are there good video lights that can clamp to my desk? Yeah, for that type of situation, I would say there are light stands that'll clamp right to your desk so i would definitely just look into those on amazon yeah i would just say look into a desk clamp light stand like the biggest led panel that you can find i used to use a falconize rx12t as my light when i was doing like zoom calls and that worked really well how can a filmmaker best avoid lens flares with old glass i get like a halo on both the helios lenses when i'm shooting interviews and it's not easily removed in post yeah i don't know how you would remove that in post to be honest but i would just say look into maybe getting a matte box like the tilta mini matte box you can clamp that on to almost any lens with an adapter ring and that'll you know help block lens flares lens flares could also be coming from if you're using a speed booster there can be ghosting and like a halo effect coming through that too so i would say look into that but definitely a map box is probably your best option are you planning on getting into the youtube shorts trend honestly not really i get annoyed seeing youtube shorts in my feed uh and maybe that's just me but i've never really been interested in doing them I, if I'm going to do like vertical video, I'll just post it on my TikTok account. Hey, love the podcast, man. Two questions. Feel free to answer either one. What is your favorite type of content to make on YouTube? And if you could only have one camera for the rest of your life, what would it be and why? Also, since I post a lot about Micro Four Thirds cameras and my channel as well, I'd love to sit down and chat sometime in the future, maybe on a podcast. Yeah, that'd be cool to have another Micro Four Thirds shooter on the podcast one of these days. My favorite type of content to make on YouTube is probably actual stuff, like the the epoxy skateboard video that I made. Like I like like making that kind of stuff, and then I also really like talking about how I made it. So I think I'm just gonna keep doing that because that's like one of the funnest things to do. I like doing you know like product reviews and you know tips and tricks and tutorials, but those are never as fun as like actually making something. And if I could only have one camera for the rest of my life, um, what would it be? If it was going to be for the rest of my life, I would probably just pick like an A7S III with a 24 to 70 because I feel like that could probably last for the rest of my life. It shoots good enough video. It's got 10 bit. It's got all the stuff that I need. It's got good color. So probably that. That's kind of a lame answer. And I know it's maybe weird hearing a Micro Four Thirds shooter who shoots on Olympus always say that he would get a a7s but i mean if i was just gonna go like if i was just gonna throw caution to the wind didn't care about my budget didn't care about anything i probably would be shooting sony or canon right now but i like to shoot with budget stuff because i think it's way funner to create stuff with budget gear all right and the last question is lumix g85 kit or gx85 kit and one lens i would go for the gx85 kit and one lens because then i could get myself a better lens than the kit lens that comes with those cameras uh, i'm not a huge fan of the like the panasonic like 3.5 kit lenses like the 12 to 60s or the 12 to 32s never really like those they're just not fast enough for this type of stuff that i do so i would go with the gx85 and the kit lens then i'd probably get the 15 millimeter panasonic leica someone else actually responded to that question for me they said for Boca, 7 Artisans 35mm 095, 
for run and gun panty 14 millimeter 2.5. If that's what they would do, that's great. But me personally, I wouldn't go for that combo, mostly because the seven artisans, there's a lot of chromatic aberration at 0.95 and the panty 14 millimeter 2.5 is great, but why would you get that if you could get the 15 millimeter F17? Those are all the questions from YouTube. And I just wanna say, Again, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. It's, again, really fun to do. It's pretty crazy to think that this is going to be the last podcast that I'll probably record here in Oregon. I'll be back here in Oregon eventually. Pretty crazy. I'm just sitting out here looking at the Columbia River Gorge and just nothing's going to beat this view, especially not in Texas. (laughs) Anyways, thank you all so much for tuning in and be sure to tune in in the next couple of weeks. I'll be doing a bonus episode again and another Q&A in April, and I will be in Texas at that point. So anyways, once again, thanks for stopping by, and I'll catch you all next time. Later. Later.